of the Lord this morning. Amen. Are you excited? Amen. I believe the Lord has got something really good in store for us today, and I'm excited to receive from Him. Let's sing that chorus. Get all excited. Thank you. Oh, get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King, oh, get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King, Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings, oh, sing it again now, oh, get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus 
Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Oh, get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. Oh, you talk about people, you talk about things that really aren't important at all. You talk about weather, you talk about problems we have here at home and abroad. But friend, I'm excited about a solution. I'm gonna shout and sing that Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. Oh, now get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Oh, get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. Oh, you see, you talk about people, you talk about things that really aren't important at all. You talk about weather, you talk about problems we have here at home and abroad. But, friend, I'm excited about a solution for the world. I'm going to shout and sing that Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. Oh, now let's get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Oh, get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. Now some of you seem to be a little excited. Some of you, I think, are still wondering what's going on here. Now, you know, the thing about COVID, that I, one of the things that I hated the most about COVID is I felt like COVID robbed me of one of my favorite things, and that is smiles. I loved reading people's smiles. And when you had to put the mask on, you couldn't, you couldn't see smiles anymore, and, and you just didn't really, you know, that, that just really bothered me. Well, there's not many masks in here this morning, so I want to see some big old smiles. Look at your neighbor. You don't have to touch them. You don't have to bump their fist. Just give them a big old smile, and let's get excited about being in church. I see some of y'all's social media posts. You get excited when the weatherman says there's snow coming. Let's see if we can bring that same energy in here this morning, for the King is coming. Amen. Oh, get all excited. Go tell everybody that... Jesus Christ is King. Oh, get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Oh, get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. 
talk about people, you talk about things that really aren't important at all. You talk about weather, you talk about problems we have here at home and abroad. But friend, I'm excited about a solution for the world. I'm going to shout and sing that Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. Oh, now get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Oh, get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. Hallelujah. That's something to really get excited about. Amen. Let's, uh, I want to do a really old one here this morning. I don't think we've ever done this one here before, but we're going to give it a try. Um, I had heard this song actually, um, or listened to it a couple weeks ago, and it just... These old songs, they just, they really excite me because it's, they were written with a purpose. And this song just, uh, it always has blessed me. An old account settled. Let's try it in this same key. <clears throat> the words to this song are just, they, they're just really, really meaningful. How many knows this old song? Good. Y'all can help me out here. <clears throat> there was a time on earth when in the book of heaven, an old account was standing for sins yet unforgiven. My name was at the top and many things below. I went unto the keeper and said, oh, long ago, long ago, long ago. Oh, the old account was settled long ago. And the record's clear today, for he washed my sins away when the old account was settled long ago. The old account was large and growing every day, for I was always sinning and never tried to pay. But when I looked ahead and saw such pain and woe, I said that I would settle, and I settled long ago, long ago, long ago. Yes, the old account was settled long ago. And the record's clear today, for he washed my sins away when the old account was settled long ago. When at the judgment bar I stand before my king, and he the book will open, he cannot find a thing. Then will my heart be glad While tears of joy will flow Because I had it settled And settled long ago Long ago Long ago Yes, the old account was settled long ago And the record's clear today For he washed my sins away 
When the old account was settled long ago Oh sinners seek the Lord Repent of all your sin For thus he hath commanded If you would enter in And then if you should live A hundred years below Up there you'll not regret it For you settled long ago Long ago Long ago Yes, the old account was settled long ago And the record's clear today For he washed my sins away When the old account was settled long ago Let's sing that chorus one more time Long ago, long ago Yes, the old account was settled long ago And the record's clear today For he washed my sins away When the old account was settled long ago Hallelujah. Amen. That takes me way, way back down memory lane. What a beautiful song. Uh, we're going to change the order of the uh, service here, and let's just sing that, uh, that chorus, uh, Shut In With God. I think the key is C. Shut in with God in a sea. There in the Spirit Beholding His face Gaining new power To run in the race I long to be shut in with God Oh shut in with God in a secret place there in the spirit beholding his face Sister Becky continues to play that. I'd like to ask uh, Brother David if he would uh, take these prayer requests before the Lord. We want to continue to remember Sister Erica uh, Parker. Uh, she's uh, still recovering. I had heard that she had gotten to go home, uh, but she's still got a long ways to go. So let's hold her up in prayer. I want to continue to remember Sister Karen Buchanan as she's also recovering. Uh, continue to remember Sister Connie Hughes as she's also uh, recovering from her uh, shoulder injury. Remember uh, Sister Mary Smith as well. Also, we want to remember the uh, John Cockman family as they're uh, dealing with the COVID virus now. I'd like to ask you to uh, also remember my wife, 
uh, in prayer as she's having some issues that she's still continuing to deal with. And just like to ask you all to uh, remember me in prayer also. I'm dealing with some uh, post-COVID issues and going to be uh, going to visit the doctor on some things. So there's many needs among us. The enemy is, is attacking more and more now. And uh, things things are going to get a little harder before they, they get better. So we, we need to hold each other up in prayer. How many unspoken requests among us? Brother David, if you would take these requests before the Lord. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day, dear Lord, this beautiful day you've given us to come into your house and worship you, dear Lord. May our worship this morning be a sweet savor unto you, O God. We come petitioning for the saints, O God, that sick and afflicted in the body, those that are recovering from sickness and from from surgeries dear lord we know that you're the only healer the doctor can put things and set things dear lord but you've got to heal them so we ask you dear lord to go to them even now and minister healing unto their bodies unto their minds dear lord may you be with us this morning in this service we just ask dear lord that you'll anoint the minister to bring the word that you would have him to bring oh god may you touch our ears to hear what we have need of may it fall on good ground dear lord in our hearts may we leave today changed we just give this day solely unto your hands O god we ask it all in the name of jesus christ amen amen thank you brother david you may be seated uh sister uh, rebecca coffee's got a special for us if she would come at this time we just want to take this opportunity to uh welcome all of our visitors that are here this morning uh we certainly are glad to have you with us there's quite a few that's not with us but we have lots of visitors so we still got a full house that's great it's great to have the pascals here with us this morning bringing down that cold snowy weather from west virginia they can make sure to take it back with them when they go back home um, god bless you sister storms raging high the waters around them were troubled that night fear filled their hearts they felt that they would die they failed to remember that the master was nigh he spoke the Should I worry? Why should I fear? 
Sister Rebecca, for that beautiful song, Why Should We Worry? I've seen him do too many things. He's brought me through too many storms, Brother Mark. Let's all stand and let's have our ushers come at this time. We'll receive the uh, morning tithe and offering. Brother Andy, if you would uh, bless the offering. Amen. As Brother Barry comes, I want to do a, a new one this morning also. And I know the majority of the youth probably know this song, so you all help me out. We're going to learn this song. It's called Let the Worshippers Arise. The words of this song just really, really spoke to me this week. And I just really felt led to uh, to start singing it here in our congregation. I trust it will be a blessing. So young people, you can you can help me out here. Father, I see that you were drawing a line in the sand And I want to be standing on your side Holding your hand So let your kingdom come 
Let it live in me. This is my prayer. This is my plea. Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand. And I want to be standing on your side, holding your hand. So let your kingdom come, let it live in me. This is my prayer, this is my plea. Let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters sing. I surrender in my all. I surrender to the King. Oh, sing it out now. Let the worshipers arise. Let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters sing. I surrender in my all. I surrender to the King. Father, I hear it, hear it growing louder. Song of your redeemed, as the saints of every nation are awakening to sing. From our heart there come an anthem. Oh, hear the heavens ring. This is our song, a song to our King. Father, I hear it growing louder, the song of your redeemed, as the saints of every nation are awakening to sing. From our hearts there comes an anthem, oh, hear the heavens ring, this is our song, a song to our King. Worshippers arise. Let the sons and the daughters sing. I surrender in my all. I surrender to the King. Worshippers arise. Let the sons and the daughters sing. I surrender in my all. I surrender to the King. Oh, sing it out now. Let the worshippers arise. Let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters see. 
I surrender in my all I surrender to the King Have your way Have your way seated this morning. God bless you and welcome to the house of the Lord. Certainly good to have all of you here today and may the Lord bless you. Hey buddy, good to have you back. To my buddy here, front row, Kingston, good to have you. Service ended 15 minutes early Wednesday night because you weren't here. Didn't have anybody to pick on. A couple of things that I uh, wanted to just share with you. Brother um, Keith had some of the prayer requests. Brother Joe Drum is not here uh, this morning. We're still remembering Brother Joel. Anderson Pritchard has got a surgery tomorrow morning, and they're doing the uh, nasal passages, and so he's not able to be out in the public uh, because of the virus requirements, so he's not here uh, today. Uh, the Johnson family, I think also they're not here today, and uh, we certainly uh, respect their right to get a day of rest. Uh, Lucas and Haley are going to be on their way to the airport pretty soon, heading over overseas, and so we'd ask you to remember them in prayer uh, as well. We uh, mentioned the Cockman family this morning, John Cockman. Uh, February 5th was Sister Jennifer's uh, birthday, so uh, God bless Sister Jennifer uh, on the 5th of February. And then, uh, is today the 5th of February? 6th. So that was yesterday. February 7th is Brother Anwar and Sister Sheba's anniversary, and they're listening this morning. We wish them uh, a happy anniversary. And then February 10th is also uh, Brother Danny Florian's birthday. Uh, Sister Mary Smith, uh, we mentioned her as well this morning, and uh, the Smiths are not here today. 
And uh, as you know, Sister Mary's been struggling with the shingles and shingles in her eye. Uh, it's been very painful and very difficult, but she's getting some relief from that now, uh, caused by the, uh, partly by the stress that she's been going through and uh, the loss of her son. They say, they say that uh, the one thing that shouldn't happen in your life is for you to have to bury one of your own children. Sister Mary has buried three. All three of her sons that uh, were born to her have all passed away. And uh, so it's been a great loss and a great difficulty for her. And uh, Brother Smith uh, wrote me this morning, and uh, they certainly do appreciate all the support and prayers and uh, contact that people have had with them and uh, really appreciate that very much. And that's what we should do as a, as a family and as a body. That's what we should do for one another because when one hurts, we all hurt. And when one is blessed, we're all blessed, and that's the way that it should be today. Uh, Sister Sharon McCafferty also has a, a ablation uh, procedure being done on Thursday. We're going to pray with Sister Sharon at the end of service today. And uh, she has a great testimony of uh, uh, God dealing in her life and giving her a clear directive to go ahead with the procedure. And I, I'm always thankful when the Lord does that because you have a consolation that you're walking in faith and you're not just making a hope-so step, but you're uh, making a clear step. And, and uh, the Lord was faithful in giving her that nudge and uh, giving her that direction, so we're thankful for that. And uh, we're going to pray for her uh, this week, and or sorry, today, uh, before she goes into her procedure on Thursday. So we're going to ask you to stand to your feet this morning again. Uh, Brother Mike Walls is with us today, and... Uh, we're going to have him to speak this morning, and uh, always uh, glad to have Brother Mike's sister Waynette here, and uh, they're family, so uh, we can we can just treat them like family, and uh, glad to have them here today, and all of you, Frank and Sheila, and just each one, uh, may the Lord bless you. Well, let's sing that little chorus, Every Praise is to Our God, and we'll invite Brother Mike to come this morning. Are you ready to have church? Ready to hear the word of the Lord? Hey, a lot of things in life can come and go, but you know what? The word of the Lord never passes away. It, it accomplishes what God will have it to accomplish in our lives. And so the very best thing you can do is just kind of lay everything else aside and just open your heart and mind to whatever God has for you today. And uh, knowing the preacher doesn't know a lick about what you're going through and what's happening in your house today, but uh, someone does. Someone was watching. And so we're just going to trust uh, that the Holy Spirit, and that's the way we prayed this morning in there, that God will just move the speaker out of the way and, and just have complete control among us today. So uh, you get behind the gift because you're 50% of that gift, and uh, just pull on the word of the Lord. And uh, remember, I don't think, like me, I don't think Mike's done the mind reading course, so he doesn't know if you're in agreement of the word unless you either say amen or sign him up for the mind reading course, right? A little late for that this morning, so you're going to have to do it the manual way. Let's sing together. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship, one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. He's God, my Savior, God, my healer, God, my deliverer. 
every praise is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise. God my Savior, God my healer, God my deliverer, yes He is, yes He is, God my Savior, God my healer, God my deliverer, yes He is, sing it one more time now. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship, one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God and glory hallelujah. Every praise, every praise is to our God. It's God my Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. I like the song, we enter into his courts with thanksgiving, to his gates with praise. I'm not sure exactly how that goes. If you put the words up for me, it would help. Amen. I'm trying to get the nervousness out a little bit. You can see my pant legs. You can see the... I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. He has made me glad. Oh, he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for He has made me glad, so glad. He has made me glad, He has made me glad. I will rejoice, He has made me One more time, I will enter. I will enter His gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter His courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. He has made me glad. Are you glad? He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice. 
He has made me glad, so glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice. He has made me glad. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. The brothers can turn the um, scripture to Isaiah 14 and verse 12, but let's just have a word of prayer before we approach the Lord this morning in this ministry. Fathers, we look to you this morning. We're thankful to be in the house of God, to know that you have chosen us before the foundation of the world. Lord, that only you could do the choosing and know that the people of God are going to serve you no matter what comes their way. Lord, we're standing in an hour when we need the strength of your spirit, the leadership of your spirit, the guidance of your spirit. Lord, that it would be all in all to us. Lord, the people are here not to hear from a man, but Lord, to hear from you. Lord, I just pray that you can just help me to get myself out of the way. My thoughts, Lord, let them be your thoughts. That what we would bring forward, Lord, would be a blessing to the people. Lord, to encourage their hearts to know that we're living in an hour when the endurance is a test of trying and testing and all the things that are happening. Lord, these are your children. They don't belong to any man. They belong to you. And Lord, today we commit this service to you and we honor you in all things. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12 says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof? that opened not the house of his prisoners. All the kings of the nations, even all them, lie in glory, every one in his own house. One last verse. But thou art cast out of thy grave like the abominable branch, an abominable branch, and as the raiment of those that are slain, thrust through with a sword, that go down to the stone's of the pit as a carcass trodden under feet. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. It's good to be here, and I told Brother Barry if there was any other minister he could get, just let me relax and enjoy the service. But he wouldn't take no for an answer, so I'm like, here I am. And as I was preparing and getting ready for the service this morning, I thought after midnight last night, I was all ready. And uh, I don't know how to explain what happens. But then when I awakened this morning, and I'm laying there, 
the thought pattern changed. I said, well, Lord, I, I don't know. And you know, I'm like, that's, that's, that's a tough one. And you think being a preacher is a, you know, it might be an easy job. My wife used to think, you know, not much to it until we had her parents' 50th anniversary. And she was the eldest of the family, and she had to do the most speaking. And when she got in the front, she forgot what she was saying. And I'm to the side trying to tell her, remind her. And she's like, and then she forgets of this. She goes, I will never say anything about you when you're on the pulpit again. She said, I was so nervous, I couldn't remember what I needed to say. I said, thank you. Because sometimes when I'm up here, I'm so nervous, I don't know what I need to say. The first time I was in Africa in 2000, I was preaching. I had three interpreters. And it was taking, taking them a little bit of time to say what I said, and I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> I was so nervous. I ended up preaching for three hours. Because it was being said four times. My message was about 50 minutes long. But it kept going because they were giving their interpretation. And this one guy to my right, truly he was over there and he was saying, dit, 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 dat, dat. And I'm like, they said he was from the real native area of Ghana. And I thought, my, those things that Brother Branham talked about was happening right where I was. And I'm like, and then I got so mesmerized by what he was doing, I forgot what I was supposed to say next. I thought, hmm, Wow. And so, you know, I look at these things, and, and, uh, but we just put it into God's hands. I am nobody except the Son of God. And I'm not here to impress you. If I try to do that, I've already failed. I'm here to encourage you. I can't tell you something new. I'm here to help stir up what's already there. We're all going through battles. We're all going through trials. We're going through situations. We're going through life. And life is going to happen. No matter how much you love the Lord, you have a natural ability to have battles. This flesh man is battling something constant all the time. And many times it's in your own mind. It's in your your memory. It's how things are transpiring and and how that the devil would come and, and try to deal with you. My, my thought this morning is to speak about the narrative. And glad to have Brother Andrew and Sister Rebecca with us. You know them very well. But the Lord moved them up with us, and they've been a big blessing to us there in the church. And um, they were going to hear some things that I've already preached. So just, you holler amen for me, Okay. <laughs> Now, Brother Andrew and Sister Rebecca has been a blessing to us in the church. And uh, I told him, I said, you might hear some things already. But, you know, you're going to hear things that you've heard before, too. Because we keep reading from the same Bible. Because there's not a better book to read from. To bring forth what God was trying to convey to his children. And every one of you, whether you believe it or not, if he's called you, you're special to him. He says, all that the Father gives me, I lose none. So don't look at the pastor or the deacons or the trustees or the Sunday school teachers or the song leader and say, well, 
I'm nothing in the church. You are very much part of the church. Without you, the church can't even function. We gotta have people to preach to. We gotta people to work with. We gotta have people that will support what we're preaching. And if you don't believe what we're preaching, then you can't help us much. Because we're here for the glory of God. It's not to build a kingdom for Barry Coffee. It's not to build a kingdom for Mike Walls or anybody else. It's the kingdom of God that we're working in. And when I was thinking this morning as I woke up and was thinking about what Lucifer had tried to do. And, you know, Lucifer plays a big part in what's taking place in the world today. He started out with a thought pattern in heaven. And that thought pattern was to be like the Most High God. Not to worship the Most High God, but to be like Him, to take His place. And many of us, if we're not careful, you know, you think, well, I'm a, I'm a preacher. I'm still running from being a preacher. I didn't want to be a preacher when He called me to be a preacher. My father was a preacher, my brothers were preachers, and I'm like, I don't want to be a preacher. But when God called me to preach, I said, Lord, you got to do this. And I will have to tell you that it was supernatural what happened in my life. I won't give those testimonies today, I don't think. But it was supernatural how I ended up, uh, just a 12th grade education, ended up in the Washington, D.C. area, in a place where there's people with so much education and so many things. And I'm thinking, here's a guy born out of the backwoods of Virginia, down in the mountains where they say we had the pipe and the sunshine over in Richlands, Virginia. And they said... And God takes a little guy like that and puts me all the way up there in Washington, D.C. And I'm thinking, Lord, I can't do it. He says, you're right, you can't. I'll do it. And when I realized that God would have to be the one to do it, I never built a church. God's building his own church. This is not Brother Barry's church. Of course, he gets labeled Brother Barry's church. You know this is the church of God. This church belongs to Jesus Christ. This is not Barry Coffey's bride. This is God's bride. We gotta to preach to you in respect and with love and with honor and with everything that we can to encourage ourselves that we are all a part of that bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. We're not better than you. We are a part of you. We're the, we're the ones who are here to get our shoulder. He just chose us to put our shoulders with you and help carry the burdens forward. He let us become the burden bearers. Amen. But this Lucifer, he comes into a place where he begins to think, I'm gonna, I'm going to build my kingdom. I'm going to ascend to the signs of the north. Now listen, Satan had a, a hangout in heaven. And he went over and he starts building this kingdom. He's trying to work it out. But God says, oh no you don't. You can't have your kingdom here. So God puts him out of heaven. Puts him to the earth. He gets to the earth. He starts trying to find another, another hangout. And that hangout is your mind. He starts working in a way that he starts speaking to you and he starts criticizing you and he starts criticizing the message. He criticizes the scripture. He, he's criti- he criticizes your Bible. He criticizes the way you dress, the way you live. He criticizes, he criticizes everything. He gets hanging out in your mind if you let him. But you can't let the devil have a hangout in your mind. You've got to tell him this mind is in Christ Jesus. Jesus said, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Because that mind is to worship God and to glorify Him. But the devil wants to hang out with you. No doubt he's saying, hanging out this morning. He's sitting on some of your shoulders. Put him under your feet. 
He's hanging there saying, yeah, well, you know, Brother Barry's probably told him this. Brother Barry's probably told him that. I told my wife, I said, don't tell me anything people are saying. I was preaching not long ago, and this brother came from Texas. He's working over in Delaware. And while I was preaching, his daughter and son had come to visit with him while he was working. Him and his, He was up there with his wife, and he was sitting over to the side, and I was preaching the message. And after the service, his daughter came to him and says, What did you tell him? I don't even know these people. I'd only met the man once. He called me a couple times on the phone to tell me where he was coming from and what he was doing. And I'm preaching the message. Brother Andrew, I don't know if y'all were there or not, but I was preaching the message. And the brother texts me and he says, Brother Mike, he goes, truly the Lord used you today because my daughter wanted to know what did I tell you about our conversation. And he said, we had a conversation on the way to church. And everything she was telling me, you stood there and told it in the church. And she wants to know, why did I tell you? I said, remind her that God loved her so much that he heard the very word she was speaking, that he's not letting her go, that she belongs to him. As Brother Samson Taya has said many years ago in our church, he said, if, he said, if I step on your toes, just know that you're still in the road. I've never let that go. So if I step on your toes in any way, it's not because I'm trying to stomp them. It's because the Lord's trying to get your attention. Hey, I'm here. I hear your voice. You know, these cell phones that we got today, they hear our voices. They, they, this is part of technology of the world and they, they hear your voice. You say, oh, I don't know if I believe it or not. I don't care whether you believe it or not. I can prove to you. My son and I were in New York City. New York City. And we pull up to a traffic light. And my son, Joe, and I, we like Mountain Dew. I said, man, Joe, it sure would be nice to have a Mountain Dew. I kid you not. My phone's on GPS because we're trying to get out of the city. Guess what shows up? Mountain Dew. Right there on the corner. It hears what you're saying. You think that's marvelous. Well, there's a God in heaven that knows what you're saying too. He knows more than what you're saying. He knows your thoughts. He understands everything about you. So the devil can only try to get through your phone and your computers. But God can get through your brain. Through your heart. Through your soul and everything. He knows what exactly you're thinking without even saying a word. What did a prophet say that your, your thoughts speak louder than your words do speak? And Lucifer is coming down and his narrative is, is now that he's ticked out that he's going to have a, a new place to have a place to rest his head and to hang out. And he, so he's, try, he's starting to hang out in your mind. And, and he, he doesn't care that you go to church. He doesn't care that you believe a message. He doesn't care that you believe in a prophet. He cares that you don't have a connection with Jesus Christ. And I'll have to tell you today, I don't know a whole lot of things, but I met Jesus Christ in my life. And that's why I believe what I believe today. This word of God is true, it's strengthening, and it's saving me, it's keeping me every day. In the human flesh, I'm a miserable failure. I make mistakes constantly. I do things that probably, you know, you're not really happy about. But you know what? There was people in the Bible that did the same thing. And this narrative that the devil has, he comes along and starts putting it in your mind that you have to, you know, you have to believe it his way. When he came, when Satan came to, listen, Satan's whole theme of life is to steal, 
to kill and destroy. So when you're having your, your issues of life, just remember, a brother has something in your life or a sister crosses your path. Remember, it's Satan is the accuser of the brethren. It's Satan that's trying to bring that place of resting in your mind, that place to hang out. He wants to bring it there. How many of you have lost sleep at night because your mind was thinking about a certain comment that somebody made at the church? A certain comment that somebody made on the job? A certain attitude that they showed to you. And you lose sleep about it. Your mind is just, I can't get past some of these things. And Lucifer comes and he starts talking to you. And Satan, as he's moving in and and working on you, his narrative is, he starts building a thought process. What is a narrative? It's a spoken or written account of connected events. He'll take certain events and start connecting. Oh, now I know why they did that over there. Now they did this over here. And now look what this is. And they start connecting a narrative and it's false. But yet what they're talking about is true. We look at the situation. When, when the serpent came and began to talk to Eve, he got to her mind of reasoning. Spoke to her mind and, and got to her thoughts. And he began to hang out there. And he caused her to miss. One word. We know the story. It comes down through there. And the spirit now, it comes into that. And because of the narrative, remember, he steals, he kills, and he destroys. What son does she have? Cain. What does Cain come with? The spirit of murder. That spirit of murder comes from Lucifer. He wants to kill, steal, destroy everything that he can. He's there to come against you in that way. And as he's moving down through there, how the Spirit of God... You know, I found out years ago that when I'm preaching, I'm preaching because I enjoy serving the Lord. I don't know a whole lot. And I appreciate the spirit I feel this morning. You don't even have to say amen. I see the nods. I appreciate the nods. I appreciate the smiles because something must be going where you're at. And so, you know, the Lord knows what's in your heart without you saying amen. In your heart, you say, thank you, Lord. I I was needing just a little touch. I was needing just a little help in my situation. And And that brother doesn't even know who I am. And let me tell you something. I didn't come here to find out who you are. I know who he is. And if I talk to him, he tells me what you need. He tells your pastor what you need. And then sometimes you think, well, you know, is it really from God? Listen, we were walking one time in Arizona. Not Arizona. Yeah, it was Arizona. We're walking up on the, uh, the mountain there in Sabino Canyon. And my wife in her heart. Now listen, several things have happened in our life that made us to believe that this message is nothing but the truth. And that's what I'm preaching. And we were walking on Sabino, in Sabino Canyon and my wife was walking along behind me on this little path through there. And we're headed to a place where they call pulpit rock, pulpit rock. And as we're going along, she's thinking in her mind, is this real? Is this real? Remember, God knows your thoughts. And as we're going there, 
this older brother Peterson, Al Peterson, I believe it was his name, he, he's the one leading the group, and he turns around, and he says, and he looks right in our direction, he says, now if you've ever wondered, is this real? I'm here to tell you it's real. Amen. Looking straight at me and my wife. And she starts crying. I said, why are you crying? She goes, I'll tell you in a little bit. And then she tells me what happened. And I thought, well, praise the Lord. God knew what she was looking for, what she was needing. God was reading her mind. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says he knows the end from the beginning. Is that right? God knows who you are, where you came from, where you're going. It's a rigged system. I like it. I like it. When God rigs something, brother, it's going to work. When the devil comes challenging you, you say, I know the beginning. I know at the end. He didn't tell me all the in between, but I trust God. He knows all about it. I trust the Lord because he's shown me that I am chosen by his word. Listen, it wasn't, it wasn't a cloud that brought me to the message. It wasn't, it wasn't anything else that brought me to the message. It was the word of God that I heard that brought me to the message. I've heard Billy Graham. I've heard Oral Roberts. I grew up in Pentecost and all these different things. But something was in my heart and God spoke to me and revealed to me that this prophet was the prophet of the age. Through all the things that have happened to me. Listen, the narrative of the word of God is to get your mind in Christ in the word. The narrative of Satan is get your mind off the Word of God to bring every false thing that he can to trip you up and make you an unbeliever if he can. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ has a seed that's born this morning and you can't kill it. This this Word of God is here with the authority this morning. I, I, I can't do anything without Christ. I can't explain and give you answers that you need sometimes. I don't know the answers. But one thing I know is that my God is real. He's met me many times. He showed me many things. And because of that, that's given me an anchor that though He slay me, yet I will trust Him. This anointing is from heaven above. I didn't just conjure this thing up. I had a contact with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it changed who I was. I was a Jacob at one time. I was a sneaky little guy and running around. But my God came down and changed the nature of a sneaky little preacher's kid. I was a preacher's kid. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything else. I grew up in the church. We came from, like I said, from Richlands, Virginia, and I was born in 1956. And in 1965, the Lord dealt with my dad and moved us to Richmond, Virginia. So I've been from the lower parts of Virginia, middle part of Virginia. Now I'm up in northern Virginia, outside of Washington D.C. But God's orchestrated all these things, and and you wonder, Brother Barry comes from all the way back in a place over. I don't even know how to say it right. New, New Funland. New Funny Land. It's, it, it fits him better with New Funny Land. But he comes so far across, you know, how did it go from all the way in the north, freezing up there, down here to the south? You, would, you couldn't figure this out. Some of you came from different places, but some of you are homegrown. Some of you are from the west coast. Brother Ben, are you from the west coast? Area? Canada? Western? Western? Somewhere up there. And I look around and I see these different people coming from different places. And I think, man, only God could do that. You're not a misfit. 
you are fit to be a bride of Jesus Christ. You are placed in a place that God can speak to your heart. He puts you under a ministry that will help you to survive. No, not survive. Overcome the spirits of Laodicea. We're not survivors of Laodicea. We're overcomers. Jesus said, I overcame by the word of my testimony. That's what I'm here for today. The word of my testimony. And many times my, my testimony is that I don't even say anything. I just walk around and, you know, and people will identify. The other day, I, we had a funeral. I, I had to go to a funeral on Friday morning. And when I got there, I just, it was pouring the rain. And, I, and my wife and I ran up to the front porch. And this old black gentleman, he goes, you must. He says, you look like a preacher. I said, well, yeah. He goes, you just look like a preacher. I thought, man, really? I'm saying, Lord, I ain't no preacher. I walked into a a hotel up here in Christiansburg not too long ago, a couple years ago, I guess it was. And my wife and I walked in on a Sunday evening. And the lady goes, is he a preacher? I'm thinking, Lord, I don't want to be a preacher. But he even made me look like a preacher. Now, I can't help that happens. People do that. But I want to be identified that I'm a real Christian preacher. Somebody that stands for the truth. This morning I was walking out of the hotel and the the cleaning lady said something to me. And I said, well, yeah, I'm headed to church. Every Somewhere you got to say something. When you got it with your words. But live your life. Don't let the narrative become, I can't live for Jesus. You know, they'll make fun of me. I often tell them, you know, with, with guys, you, you don't see a whole lot about them. They walk around, got their blue jeans on, got their shirts on, walk down the street. But you walk down the street with your wife or your daughter that's dressed in a real godly dress. They identify that you know something different than what the world's projecting. It's different than what the narrative of the world is giving to us. These things that are happening in the world, listen friends, there's two, there's twins going forward. The seeds are moving forward, but God's got a real seed moving forward this morning. And I'm looking at the situation and how that God moved down and, and of course, when, uh, Eve had her sons, Jacob, um, not Jacob, but Cain and Abel, and how that Cain raised up and killed his brother Abel. He killed him because he was standing for truth. He killed him because he saw something different than what Cain could see. Then he comes along and, and you know the story of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the different ones. And how that when it gets to a certain point that Jacob comes up and he's the... Let's just read in Genesis chapter 25 for a minute. You okay? Genesis chapter 25. We'll never make the spirit of the devil happy. He will always challenge us. I know it's not polite to wipe your nose in front of people... But if I don't, it's going to start dripping. Like I said, I'm human. 
This is not a supernatural body you're looking at. It's still, you know. You're sitting back here looking at me and you can wipe your nose if you want to. Sometimes you just got to do it. I had one old preacher one time from Ghana, older brother. He was up preaching. All of a sudden his nose started running. He goes, well, that means the exhaust is great. Everything still works perfect. And so, Genesis chapter 25. You forgive me if I seem a little scattered this morning. Because when I got up, my whole thought pattern changed, remember. And so then these scriptures started coming to me. In Genesis chapter 25 and verse 21. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated treated on him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, now listen, she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. Listen, sisters. You pray. God will deal with your heart. He wants to tell you what's happening in your life, in your body, in your mind. He wants to be there for you. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations... The Lord's talking to Rebecca. There's two nations are in thy womb, and two men or people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. I don't think she told Isaac what the Lord told her. She went in her prayer closet and she had a talk with the Lord and the Lord explained to her what was happening. Now, this is just my opinion, okay, for what it's worth. It doesn't appear that she told Isaac what the Lord told her. She never explained to him that the younger is going to... Be ruler over the older. And this older one's not going to understand that he's not loved of God. Remember in the New Testament, it says that Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. And he gets over there, and so here is Rebecca, she's in this circumstance, and it comes to the point where that the Lord, you know, has allowed Isaac... Isaac's eyes are now blind. He's an old man. I take my coat off here. All right. Oh, there's a hook. Yeah, there it is. See, I don't know anything. Here's a hook. That makes sense. At our church, we don't have a hook. We got chairs. <laughs> but he told me to make myself at home. So, so we're looking at the situation. And how that, when, now remember, Rebecca's got this revelation from the Lord in her mind. I will tell you that the bride of Jesus Christ has the revelation from God in her mind. And the world cannot capture what we're doing. The world don't understand why we worship God the way we worship God. But in her mind, she's got this revelation that God has spoken to her that the 
older is going to serve the younger. And it gets to a point where Isaac is now well stricken in years. He's now blind. He can't see. And he says to his older son, remember now the older son is stronger. He's a stronger kind of guy. And he was more, you know, he's more of a man's man. And he's out hunting and doing all the different things. And here is Jacob, you know, he's running around the tents and he's, he's becoming, he learned how to be a really good cook. And all these things are happening, but, you know, you guys have been, y'all, y'all been camping, right, in tents? You can hear right through a tent, right? So your conversation's got to be really careful. Well, Isaac calls for um, Esau to come. He says, go and give me some venison and fix it the way I like it. And then I'll bless you. Mama, here's daddy. And she turns around and goes, "Uh uh-huh. She realizes now that the blessing has got to go to the older child. But in her mind now, she's remembering before birth that the older is going to serve the younger. It can't happen unless he's got the blessing. And so she goes, now you moms, you got to be real careful here. You moms be really careful because you look at the situation. Let's go to Genesis chapter 27 and verse 6. And Rebecca spake unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau, thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me a savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice. Now, listen at her. You moms, listen close. Now, son, you obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Now, if you really want dad to do what you want, how many of your children goes to their mom? Mom, will you ask dad? All of my kids did that. They want to do a certain thing. Mom. If you ask dad, he'll let us do it. Almost. But that's how they operate. These kids are smart. And so she comes along and she looks at the situation. She says, bring me the, bring me venison, verse seven, bring me venison and, and make savory meat that I might eat and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it, bring it to, to thy father, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah, Mom, I can't tell a lie like that. You said, that ain't what the Bible said. It is. I just brought it into modern technology, uh, terminology. Mom, you want me to lie? Yes. Moms, be careful what you tell your children. It means something. Stay with me. Don't start thinking another direction. You stay with me for a minute, okay? I'll get us out of this in a little bit. 
He goes along. Remember, God knew the end from the beginning, right? He doesn't tell you all the in-betweens. If you just read the scripture and you don't have revelation, you'll think, what a deceiving. Remember, what was Jacob's name representing? A deceiver. Be careful how you name your kids. He comes along, he says, he gets to that and he says, and Jacob said to Rebekah, verse 11, his mother, behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man. And I am a smooth man. My father, peradventure, will fill me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver. Look at that. And I shall bring curse upon me, and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice, and go fetch me them. Don't ask me no questions. How many times have we tell her? Don't ask me no questions. Just do what I tell you. Any parents guilty of doing that? Come on. You say, but I want an explanation. Later. You don't give them the whole story right then, right? So she's telling them, just go do what I'm telling you. Listen to my voice. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother. And his mother made savory meat, which as his, such as his father loved. And Rebekah took godly, goodly raiment of her eldest son, Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. She comes along now. She's she's putting in a, a situation now. She is deceiving her own husband. She's camouflaging her son. And she's making him to appear like somebody else. He was putting on an impersonation... Of his brother. In some cases that might work. All cases it does not work. You're better to be who you are. But in this narrative that we're talking about, the story that we're bringing to you is that God is using this situation to get God the glory later. Comes down, he puts them on, and, he, and so he comes in and he, and he dresses himself. He comes into the situation, and as he goes in, I don't know if we'll read the whole thing or not, but just give me a few minutes here. And, and so he goes out, and he comes in and says to his father, I'm Esau. Jacob said, Isaac says, who is this? He says, I'm Esau, thy son. He lied. Straight up lied. Mama told him to lie. Yeah. Well, this doesn't sound good. But he's obeying the voice of his mom. She's got a revelation in her mind. Remember, remember the whole part now. She's got a revelation in her mind that the older will serve the younger. She knows that God spoke to her. God allowed it to happen. Remember, she's bringing a true evidence of what Esau is like. But it's a 
false representation. I'm going somewhere with this in a few minutes. The devil brings all kinds of things that are real. But he turns it into being false. You've got to be careful where you're at. And here is the Lord using this situation. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. Liar. He's a liar. God didn't bring it to him. He went and got it out of the field. Right next door to the, to the tent. His mama told him, go get it. I hope I'm not hurting your feelings. If you just read the Bible like it is, you go, I'm, we don't, I don't read that book. Man, there's something wrong with that book. There's revelation in that book. There's no other book greater than this book. The narrative is that you can't figure out God. You think you've got somebody cornered. You think you've got something all figured out. You think you know the, the answer to the situation. And God's thoughts are way bigger than what my thoughts are. Way bigger than what your thoughts are. And he comes along and says, And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee. Listen at the suspicion of Isaac. I just can't believe this is Esau. But somehow his mama, she did a great job faking it. I mean, she put on such a show that Isaac couldn't discern. The Bible says he couldn't discern that it wasn't Esau. But the voice was Jacob. He goes along and he's doing these things. He comes out and he says, and he discerned not. Verse 22, and Jacob went near to him, unto Isaac, his father, and he felt him and he said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not because his hands were hairy as his brother's Esau's hands, so he blessed him. And he said, thou art my my very son Esau. And he said, I am. And he said, I am. He lied to him again. Three times now he's lied to his dad. I am Esau. He got so caught up in what he was acting out that he became the very one that Isaac was looking for. If you're not careful, you'll, you'll want something so bad to take place in your life. You'll keep chasing after it and chasing after it until it becomes a reality to you and it's wrong. Be careful what you chase after. These things of the world, you you start chasing for things and looking for things and greater. Be careful. It can deceive you real quickly. He said, listen to this. And he said, thou art my very son Esau. And he said, I am. And he said, bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat. And he brought it him, the wine and the drink, the wine and he drank. And his father Isaac said unto him, just bear with me a few minutes, folks. And his father Isaac said unto him, come near and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him. 
And he smelled the smell. He's still doubting. Smells like him. Feels like him. Isaac had to be blind on purpose. Isaac had to be blind because God had a narrative that the the older will serve the younger. God had a narrative. And he's got to bring it to pass in this situation. Listen, don't try to figure out what God's doing. Just follow his word. Keep reading the story until you get to where God makes the difference in the situation. And he comes along and he says, and he came near and kissed him and he smelled him and smelled of his raiment. And he blessed him and he said, see, the smell of my son is as the smell of the field which the Lord hath blessed. Therefore, here we go. Therefore, God give Give thee the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee and blessed be he that blesseth thee. What's God saying here? Stand up just for a minute. Yeah, stand up for a minute. I know I'm getting long. I think. Yeah, stretch. Turn around and say, praise the Lord to somebody. Amen. Doesn't that feel good to get up? Ah, now wake up. All right, let's finish the message. You can be seated. Sometimes you just got to, you know, let people relax a little bit. Remember, I, I, I'm here to encourage you today. When Jay, when I, uh, Isaac is blessing Jacob, he thinks he's blessing Esau. But let's just look at a deeper portion of this just for a minute. Remember, how many brothers does Jacob have? One. Is that right? He didn't have any other children. Esau and Jacob. But look at the narrative of the words that Isaac is speaking to Jacob, he is speaking to the seed of Jacob that's inside of him. He's speaking to Joseph. Joseph's brethren are going to bow to Joseph. Joseph is the one that's going to have the corn. Joseph's the one that's going to be the ruler over all of his brethren and all these different things. God's speaking deeper into, into Jacob than what you're realizing sometimes when you're reading this. God is speaking deeper. When he's blessing Jacob, he's blessing Joseph. And when Joseph is inside of there, he can't help but when he comes towards his brethren, that God begins to bless him. So Jacob comes along and he's been deceived by his wife. He's been deceived by his son. He's been all these different things. But yet it was the plan of God. It was something that God was going to do. The devil comes along. And if you're just thinking in the natural, your mind will say, how can this be? How could God allow these lies to take place? Abraham was a liar. Isaac was a liar. It runs in the family. How many believe the Bible? How many believe this is the Word of God? How can you, God, how can you judge God foolishly then? He let Abraham lie. He let Isaac lie. He let Jacob lie. Now he let you lie. But you can't get away with it. Nobody gets away with it. God has a plan. 
He has a purpose. Jacob is traveling now. Jacob is being blessed in all these different things. It goes just a little bit further. And when Esau does come back in to get his blessing, he comes in and says, Father, I brought you the meat. He goes, the Bible says that Isaac began to shake. Trembling. What happened? He goes, who art thou? He goes, I'm Esau. He goes, then who? Who did I bless? Esau goes, it was that lion brother of mine. He's deceived me again. Do you know that sometimes it's your own family that causes you the most heartache? Take my glasses off. I can't see real good now. But sometimes it comes from within your own family. You know, there's, there's things that are happening. You know, I used to think it was going to be the, the, the Pentecostals that cause us all the trouble. But it's not the Pentecostals. It comes from inside the family. And I'm saying, Lord, if you hadn't called me, if you hadn't blessed me, if you hadn't showed me, I would lose my balance. But thank God that you gave me a supernatural visitation and nothing can take it out of my heart. Explain it, Brother Mike. I can't explain it, but I can tell you that God spoke to my heart and I know what's real. I know what is true. If everybody turns their back on the message, I'm not turning. Explain it to me. I don't know how to explain it to you. All I can tell you is something supernatural happened in my soul and I've been serving God and He has caused me to worship Him. I don't worship a man. I worship the Lord Jesus Christ. This message was not about a prophet man named William Branham. It was about Jesus Christ. When I was listening at Christ is the mystery the other day, he kept pointing us, you need a personal revelation of Jesus Christ. He never pointed himself to himself. He never pointed you to himself. He kept saying the word of God, the word of God, accept the word of God. What is the word of God? It's the revelation of Jesus Christ revealed in you. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is Jesus Christ revealed in you. It's you've got to have something to overcome this world. And with the mind narrative of the devil, you'll lose. But with the narrative of the Holy Spirit, you'll be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, God will come down and show you the way out of here. Hallelujah. He's coming right down to the, to the, to the place here where this man comes along. And I'm going to tell you something. I, Esau got so mad. He was standing there. I'll, I'll, I'll just skip some of the reading. But you go back and read the rest of the scripture. And you'll go back. Don't read it right now, okay? Stay with me just for a few minutes. He goes down through there and he begins to think, the Bible says, within his heart. When my daddy dies, I'm going to kill this kid. I'm going to let him have it. He is going to be mixed me. Yeah. I mean, he was mad. The Bible said, in his heart. He said, I'm going to destroy, I'm going to kill my brother. Satan come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It's the spirit of Lucifer in Esau. That's why he couldn't be chosen to serve God. That's why he couldn't be ahead of who Jacob was. He comes along and in his heart. And don't you know that it comes right along. Listen now. The Holy Spirit comes down. And begins to move in Rebecca and Rebecca. The Bible says that Rebecca hears. How could Rebecca hear this? He said it in his heart. And it's not ESP. It's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God speaks to her. And says, you better get Jacob and get him out of here. Because now Esau is going to murder his brother. 
Not just his influence. He's going to put him in the grave like Cain did Abel. The spirit that was in Cain was in Esau. The spirit that is, that's from the devil is in the same thing happening in people's minds today. Don't let the narrative of the devil become Esau, Cain, those spirits. You, if you start trying to figure out how you're going to destroy somebody, you better be careful what you're thinking. You try to figure out how I'm going to, I'm going to come up with something here. I, I got to figure out some way to trap this person. I got to, that's the spirit of the devil trying to trap somebody. God sets us free. My God is able to set all these people free. Just give me a few more minutes and I'll close here in a little bit. And, and we come down to the narrative and so here he comes along. And so this man's trying to kill this, kill the other one. And his mother, by revelation, gets him out of the country, gets him away from there. But yet, before he goes out, that Isaac now comes and blesses Jacob himself. And she says, you know, we got to get him out of here. I don't want him marrying these women because these women are worldly. You don't want worldly women. He said, my heart will break if he gets married. And of course, Esau's already married. He's got women that was local. And things weren't going well. And so God gets him out of there. He has a bride in store. He has a woman in mind for this guy. Let me tell you something. God, Jesus Christ has a bride in mind. Amen. He knows who he's choosing this morning. We collectively are chosen by the word of God. And we should be so thankful that God has looked down and seen us sitting here today and believing that he's called us for a reason. Yeah. He's moved you all around the chessboard and the checkerboard and all these different places to place you for the purpose that he's going to use you where you are right now. These demons do not like it. Their narrative is to make you look bad, feel bad, and all these different things. Remember, Jacob had a son named Joseph. Joseph came down, and when Joseph came down, of course, he comes along, and he's loved of his father, hated of his brethren. But in the narrative here, the the prophecy is that your brethren will bow down to you. The Lord will give you the corn of the field. He'll do all these different things. And it's speaking to Joseph. Now, Joseph comes along. He's 17 years old. He comes and he starts having dreams and he tells his brothers the dreams. I'm going to cut out a whole lot of stuff here. He starts having this dream and they come along and they get Joseph when he comes out. And he's walking down the trail and he's gone to his father sends him to find his brothers. And as he's walking along, the Bible says he can't find his brothers, but a certain man. A certain man. It wasn't just any man. It was the angel of the Lord went out to where he was and guided him to his brothers who were going to take him and sell him into slavery. God's narrative was, I've got to make what Jacob was blessed with, what Isaac had to say, it's got to come to pass. But this is the path it's going to be on. I can't figure it out. But Joseph suffered. And he gets to the certain place. And they go along and they, and you know the story, they take his coat off of him. And they say, you know, we gotta, we gotta do something to let our father know. So now here is Jacob the deceiver. But let me tell you something. God took a hold of Jacob. Let me just clear up Jacob for a minute. God got a hold of Jacob. He wrestled all night long. Brother, he had a fight with the angel of the Lord. And the next day when it came daylight, he was a delivered man from being a deceiver. He had been delivered from the lies that he'd been committing and all the different things. God had changed the nature of Jacob. 
He was no longer afraid of Esau, his brother. He had boldness. He could stand in the front of death and not fear him anymore because he knew that God had now dealt with his heart. Let me tell you this morning, friends, you go through a lot of scenarios and and here is Jacob in a religious family. Being in a religious family is not good enough. I was raised in church, like I said, but one day I had to come to a place of birth. I had to come a place of giving my life over to the Lord Jesus Christ so that that deceiver spirit would get out of me. And God comes along and baptized me with the spirit of the Holy Ghost and calls me to walk in a different way now. And when that spirit, listen, that spirit will come back on you. When that spirit comes back and say, just, you know, just, no, I can't be like that. But it wants to come back and tempt you again. But you've got to know that the baptism you got has cleansed you from that nasty mind that you got. That narrative that you had. That place that devil used to rule. But let God rule and reign in you now. Some of you like this. Some of you are like, well, hurry up, man. I'm almost done. I didn't say I'm closing yet. Maybe I should say I'm closing. But you know, we come along. Joseph's got issues. He doesn't realize at 17 years old. Can you 17-year-old boys in here? You may 17? Stand up a minute. How would you like it? If this guy came and said, Brother Barry, you need to listen to me. He's going to say, I'm going to tell you a few things, sir. You need to understand that I have a position. What are you about? You graduated yet? What grade are you in? You're senior? I'm a senior. I'm going to tell you a few things. I've got all my education so far behind me. I'm getting ready to graduate. I'm top of the class, maybe. Believe me, I was not top of the class. I just wanted to get out of there. But can you imagine a 17-year-old guy comes and tells this man, you got to listen to what I'm going to tell you. i got this mind that you're going to bow down to me. Barry's like, you're nuts. You can be seated, brother. And that's basically what brother Joseph's brother said, yeah. Who does this kid think he is? And they go, well, they didn't just talk about it a little bit. They got mad. They got so angry. The spirit raised them and says, we're going to kill him. Uh-oh. Chaos in the family. Oh, my goodness. Your family's not that way, right? Every brother and every sister, you ain't never had a crossword. You ain't never had no problems in the family. Ain't nobody ever gained up on one. In my family, there were six sons. When mom and dad wasn't around, you should have seen the fight. I had a baby brother. He was about two years old, and I forget how old I was. But anyway, something happened with one of the younger ones and the old ones, and they all got into a fight. And so I'm protecting the little guy, and they're in there, and they're destroying the house. I mean, literally, they are tearing up the house. Because you can't fight without hitting stuff. You know, when you're throwing stuff at each other, you're, you're aiming to hit. You're aiming to hurt, right? And they're throwing stuff, and one of them knocked a hole in the door. One of them knocked the curtains off the wall. 
And somebody landed on top of the coffee table and broke it. And, you know, it, the house was a disaster. And so we knew it was time mom and dad was about, about to show up, you know, and let's put it all back together. So when I hear everything's quiet, I take the little guy. Man, what a mess. And these guys, so they took the coffee table and they propped the leg under it. Yeah, right. They tried to hang the curtains back like mom had them. It didn't work. And you can't hide a hole in the door. And when they walked in, immediately, the two-year-old goes, Daddy, they were fighting all over the house. I thought, oh, Lord have mercy. I didn't do a good job telling them not to sell. I wasn't really fighting, but Dad whipped me because I was trying to keep him from talking and, and giving all the details. So here we are, you know, we're all getting all this trouble. And we're trying to protect each other. But Dad just gives wrath to all of us except the baby. Because he's telling on everybody. But it's not that way in your house, right? But here's Joseph's brothers. They hate him. They hate him so much they're going to kill him. So what do they do? They throw him in a pit. They take his coat. They take the coat. They throw it in the dirt. They take a lamb or something. They kill it. They put blood all over it. And now they've got real evidence. They got real evidence. And they take it back to their father. And they got real evidence. And they tell a lie. Oh, can you see how deep that spirit of lying goes? It was rooted all the way from Abraham. And we say, sons of Abraham. <laughs> We're the faithful side though, right? We're on the faithful side. And it comes along, and so the sons of Abraham, and now here they come out, and all of Jacob's sons are lying to their father. They bring this coat, says, no, is this your, your son's coat or not? He says, oh, it's my son, he's been destroyed. They, they even created the narrative that he was killed by some wild animal. They created that narrative that, that, that that's what happened. This is the story. And, and so they got a real evidence that he really was destroyed. So to Jacob... Joseph was destroyed. To Jacob, Joseph was dead. But his brothers were under a spirit that they could not tell what happened. Because they don't understand the prophecy that Isaac gave to Jacob and that Jacob gave to his children by birth. That Joseph had to come forth. They didn't understand the narrative that was coming through all these things. Understand, friends, there's a narrative to your life. Whether you like it or not, everybody's got one. There's something going on in your family. There's something going on in your nature. There's something going on in your life. And it's all taking place. And these things were happening. Joseph was lied on this time. That he was dead. To his father, he's dead. To the world, he's dead. But now he's over in prison. Or he's, yeah, he's, he, no, he's in slavery, sorry. He's in slavery. And over there he gets sold to Potiphar. Musicians get ready to come. And he's sold to Potiphar. And Potiphar's got a wife. And, and Potiphar's wife, you know, she comes along and she starts admiring him. I read in the book of Jasher how that she said that the, they said that Joseph was so beautiful and so handsome and so well groomed that she began to chase after this young man. And she started to plead with him day after day. And she kept trying to get him. And so they, everybody was gone one day and they were out of the house. And, and they were all at these different places. At some kind of a festival or something. And the only person that came around and she 
according to the book of Jesher, now I'm not saying it's proof, but I just read part of that, that she dressed herself so beautifully. Be careful, girls, how you dress yourself. You might get the wrong guy. You might get the wrong look. You might want to get a wrong guy that will take you the wrong way. But she dressed herself in such a way. But the Spirit of God that was in Joseph would not let him go into this woman. And so she grabbed a hold of him. When she grabbed a hold of him, guess what? Another coat. Another proof that Joseph, the first place he was no more, the second place he is alive. The second place he's the one causing the trouble. This woman now, the narrative that she's placing is that Joseph was in my house, Joseph was in my room, and I got proof that Joseph was trying to be with me. It's a false positive. She positively had the truth that she had something that belonged to Joseph. Let me tell you something. The devil's going to take your very words. He's going to take your very life. And he's going to mix it up in such a way that he's going to try to approach other people and make you look bad. He's going to try to destroy your character and who you are and make you what you are not. And this woman was making Joseph to look like something he was not. He said, I cannot sin against God and I cannot sin against your husband and I will not do these things. And she got his coat from him. And then when he was gone, she began to tell a lie. Lies are hard to deal with. She began to lie on Joseph. She got Joseph thrown in jail. I'll tell you something. The narrative was false. But the evidence was real. The devil wants to get a hold of the evidence he can in your life. He'll take your very words that you say. And he'll begin to make you look like you are a liar. That you're a jerk. You're a hypocrite. You don't do what you say. You go around our backs. And he'll take your very words and say, listen. That's the spirit of the devil. Trying to destroy who you are. But you know what? Joseph in his prison cell, he knew who he was. He lived a godly life. The musicians can come. He lived a godly life. He stayed pure. He stayed clean. He stayed holy. My dad always told me, he said, son, he goes, you can outlive a lie any day. He says, if you're telling the truth, just tell the truth. He says, the lie will never stand. And here's one thing about it. You may go to the grave with somebody printing a lie over your mind, over who you were. But in in God's eyes, if you've really been repentant, if you've really served the Lord with all your heart, you may go down defeated in the world's eyes. But if you're a real Christian to God, He'll call you forth on rapture morning. Resurrection day, you will make it in His narrative because He knows all about the situation. The devil wants to plant a false positive. How about your life? You know, sometimes I don't like to preach. I don't even want to get and preach. Sunday morning rolls around. My wife gets out of bed. I'm still laying there. She's already eating breakfast. I'm still laying there. Just sometimes. 
You think you ought to get up? And I want to say, why? And then I remember, oh, you're the pastor. <laughs> you got to go preach. It sounds funny. But do you know pastors, sometimes they fight depression? Nobody loves them. People don't listen to what they say. They spend hours counseling and then they turn around and do the exact opposite of what you tell them. And then you go, oh man. I told my church one time. I don't know if Brother Andrew was there or not. I said, if you're not going to follow my advice, don't waste my time. It's usually people want to tell you their whole story so you will agree with them. <laughs> now meddling probably. But I know as a pastor, I, through the years, I've heard every kind of marriage and divorce situation. I mean, they come up with new ones. I'm like, where did that come from? I mean, I can't even find it in the message. They're so weird. I'm like, Lord have mercy. If you ain't got the Holy Ghost, you'll lose your mind. And people want answers, and sometimes I don't have answers. Listen, a couple of years ago, when COVID, when COVID started coming in 2020, I got the original bug. It made me so sick. I was out, I was sick for six weeks. My wife got the COVID. She was down for five days. And like nothing ever happened. And I thought, no fair. It's not good. And I was so sick, I couldn't, I couldn't even hardly walk across from here to that piano. I could hardly walk. I was so sick. I never lost my, my smell, my taste. I didn't even lose my appetite. If she brought it to me, I ate it all. And then it, the variant came, you know. It started variant to Delta, variant to Omicron. Now there's a super Omicron. Why is it super? It's a devil. And all these things, you know, they just start changing around. Well, in 2021 when this started, my wife had a, had a kidney stone attack, which we didn't know was a kidney stone. And my wife don't complain much. When she's sick, she, just leave me alone. I'm okay. I walk in, honey, do you want, I'm okay. Okay. Just like, if I'm in bed, you think, yes, honey. Would you like, yes. I want it. She's like, let me get over this. And so she got really sick with a kidney stone in the middle of the night. She goes, I got to get to the hospital. I said, why? She goes, I don't know. I'm hurting so bad. We got to the hospital. It was on an evening, in fact. We got to the hospital. She's suffering so bad. And they gave her. Now, when she gets pain medicine... She feels great. She starts having happy experiences. She starts laughing. She starts enjoying life. Because it does something to her. Metabolisms and whatever. And I'm standing by the bed and she's starting to feel better. And this little nurse walks in the door and she goes, Well, the blood test says you're positive. She said, Positive? For what? She goes, you're pregnant. My wife's 59 years old, folks. I'm 63 at the time. 
She goes, she's pregnant. I'm like, no. Nah, I don't think so. We're looking at each other and she's feeling pretty good. I said, you're not that good. I know I'm a son of Abraham, but wait a minute. I wasn't asking for no more kids. And so a little bit of time went on. And believe it or not, they come back again and says, yep, it's positive. What's positive? She's pregnant. I could not believe. You know, it says in the mouth of two or three witnesses. And I'm like, Lord have mercy. This cannot be happening. And she's laying there. She goes, let's tell the kids. I said, I'm not telling them. She goes, I'll tell them. Give my, I give her her phone. She texts our four kids. My oldest son is 38 years old at the time. My daughter's 37. Another one's 34. And the other one's 27. And she's texting him saying, I just found out I'm pregnant. Now, can you imagine what my four children were saying in their brains? They started, there ain't no way. But she kept messing with them until they started to kind of believe in it. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Believe me, she wasn't pregnant. It was a false positive. But she had fun with that false positive. At first, my nerves weren't too good. I don't know how many shades of red I turned when that nurse said she's pregnant. I'm like, there ain't no way that can be happening. Because I know too many things. And so she has this issue. So the devil, you know. And so she tells our kids these things. So we have a, a false positive. And the narrative of the devil is just take something that's positive but it's positively wrong. And he'll bring a narrative to your life and try to destroy you with something that's real. Something that's real. And he'll try to take something that's real and begin to make it look false. Oh, brothers and sisters, we got something that's not false this morning. We got a baptism of Holy Ghost this morning. That can cleanse you from that lying spirit, from that deceiving spirit, from that mental spirit, from all that lazy spirit, from the spirit of I can't do this anymore to I got to get up no matter what. I get up on Sunday morning and say, Lord, if you don't go with me, I won't do any good. But I'm not there for the glory of myself. I'm there for the glory of Jesus Christ. So I realize when I'm here on this earth, it's not because of who I am. It's because of who he is. This morning, brothers and sisters, you're here today not because of you or somebody special in yourself, but you're special in the eyes of God. Would you stand? As I read one more scripture. He said, man, I thought he was closing. He's got the musicians. He's got... Oh, come on. Just one more. I'll be a bro- brother Burley. I saw him. He's a brother Burley. Just one more. Remember that in the youth, youth retreat meeting? I ain't Brother Burley. But let me just read one more. Just real quick. This message is not for everybody. This message is for the elect of God. Now, who is the elect of God? I don't know. 
God only knows who the elect are. He's still calling them from Baptist churches, Catholic churches, Presbyterian churches, Mrs. churches. What? I thought we were the... Hold on. Everything that says this message ain't message. I can't believe you said that, Brother Mike. I said it. I'll just let you think about that. He comes along in Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 4 says, And according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. How many is before Him in love? If it wasn't for His love, you would leave. If it wasn't for His understanding of who you are, you would leave. If it wasn't for Him knowing the end from the beginning, you would leave. You can't figure out the next step tomorrow or even this afternoon. But God knows where you are. Let's just jump down to verse 9. Having made known unto us, listen now, having been made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself. He purposed His glory and His power in you for reason. He gives you the baptism of the Holy Ghost for reason. He says it's a mystery. The world doesn't figure out the mystery. I can't figure out the mystery. But this is what it says about the mystery. And I'm sure you've heard it before, but I'll just remind you. It says the mystery in verse 9. He said, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. What's his will? To let us know who he is. What is a mystery? It's a hidden thing. You know, my wife knows some things that you are never going to know. And she ain't going to tell you. She ain't going to tell you what I whispered to her secretly. And your wives ain't going to tell what you've whispered to her or she's whispered to you. It's your secret. It's a mystery to everybody else. He said it's a hidden thing, a secret, a mystery. He goes, it's confided only to the initiated and not to ordinary mortals. Hallelujah. I'm looking at people that's not ordinary mortals. What? You say, but I'm in flesh, but you're not an ordinary mortal. If you've received the mystery of Christ into your life, you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost into your life, that hidden mystery is God unveiling Himself for the purpose of who He is in you today. That flesh man is only here because Jesus Christ chose to unveil Himself into your life. Christ, the mystery of God, revealed in you. What a mighty God we serve this morning. So you've been initiated to hear the Word of God. You've been initiated to know what the message of the hour is. You've been initiated to know what Jesus Christ loves you for. You've been initiated. You're not just going to be like mortals. You're just not a normal mortal anymore. If you got the Holy Ghost... The real Holy Ghost, it's supernatural. Eternal life. I don't know if it grips you or not, but that's what keeps my motor running. That's what keeps my life running. Because something inside of me that I know Mike Walls couldn't do. Why, why he would have put me where he put me, I cannot tell you. But he did it, and I thank God. I've preached to people that's got PhDs. And I got a 12th grade education. 
I preach to people that's worked, there's one of them, worked around the White House. Thank God he got me in a few times. I couldn't talk to the president, though. He wouldn't listen. In fact, he wouldn't even be home when I come. Isn't that rude? But, you know, there's people all around that place. And, and so some years ago, I got a Ph.D., and I might have told you this before. Did I ever tell you I got a Ph.D.? Oh, man. I got a Ph.D. I mean, if you're going to live around an area where you, are, you, get, you need a Ph.D. So I went to Missouri State University in 2000, and I got a Ph.D. You said, what? Yeah, I sure did. I got to sit around with a whole bunch of military people that was working out war games. And as I'm sitting there, how many's heard of Oliver North? Most of us older folks have. I was sitting right beside Oliver North's brother. Now, here I am, a 12th grade education, and I'm sitting with all these guys, and this is Oliver North's brother sitting beside me. And he made sure I knew he was Oliver North's brother. Because everybody knew who Oliver North was at the time. And I was sitting there, and, and they were trying to figure out how they was going to, and, and, and they created this big thing that happened. It was a mass murder and mass killing that was killing people, and they couldn't figure out what was happening. It was a mystery and all these things. And it was a real-life thing happening, like how Russia or somebody has attacked our, our gas pipelines a, few, uh, a year ago or so, and we couldn't hardly find fuel anywhere. Everybody remember that? Had a hard time getting gas, right? And so these men were all, and women were all trying to figure out, how are we going to handle this situation? Brother and sister, I sit there in disbelief at the stuff they were saying. They couldn't find their way out of a wet paper bag. And I had a guy that was coming by and checking on each one of the groups, and he went back and told the people inside that was, that created this thing, he goes, man, they don't know what they're doing. And I was thinking it. I said, God have mercy. I said, how'd you get a PhD? When God revealed to me this word of God by the Holy Ghost, past having doubt. I got my PhD. I'm past having doubt about this message. I'm past having doubt about who Jesus Christ is. My Lord is Savior and ruler of my life. God bless you. Serve Him with all your heart. And get your Ph.D. in Him. God bless you. I'm
found pardon. They are washed. They're all washed away. All my sins are washed. Sing it again now one more time. Thank you, Jesus. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. I found pardon. I washed. I've got a river of life flowing out of me, and it makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up, oh well, within my soul. Bring up, oh well, and make me whole. Bring up, oh well, and give to me that life abundantly. Yes, I've got a river of life flowing out of me, and it makes the lame to walk and the blind. It opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of Spring Up a Well. Spring Up a Well. Spring Up a Well. Oh, Spring Up a Well. And give to me abundantly. And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. Yes, we shall wear a crown. Oh, we shall wear a crown. And when the battle's over, in that new Jerusalem, wear a crown, we'll wear a crown, and shining crown, oh, when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown in that new Jerusalem, we'll wear a crown, we'll wear a crown. shall wear a crown in that new Jerusalem. And when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, well, my soul cries out, 
I think of that goodness of my Jesus and all he has done for me. Hallelujah. Praise God for saving me. Well, I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to Say yes, Lord, yes. Speaks to me with my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Help me out here. I'm going to put my armor on. I've been sitting on my circumstance too long. I'm gonna put my armor on. Sing it again now. We got it. Oh, I'm gonna put my armor on. I'm gonna stand in battle, sing my Savior song. I've been sitting on my circumstance too long. I'm gonna put my armor on. Hallelujah. Let's give him an offering of praise this morning. <clears throat> you don't have to understand it all. You don't have to be able to figure it all out. You don't have to be able to predict right. Because we really don't understand the narrative as much as we may think. God's got it all under control. God's got it all worked out. It's no surprises with God. And I'll tell you what, His ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. 
And you may not ever predict what, uh, what the future holds. We never would have predicted we would be here uh, today dealing with the things that we're dealing with and living as long as we are. Lots of people years ago thought we'd never get to the year 2000. Never get to the year 2000. And here we are because it, it, it's not our story. It, it's not our design. It's God's design. And, and therefore, we just need to be the generation that believes and presses on. And, uh, you know, we just we had to be prepared for whatever uh, comes our way. And I believe that God's got it all under control. Do you believe that? We are the generation. We're the combination. Overcoming sin's temptation, truth will go every tongue and nation. Oh, we are a chosen generation. Sing it again now. We are the generation. We're the combination, the final voice. The world will hear The Lord is near And living out the revelation Sin's temptation The truth will go Every tongue and nation Oh, we are the chosen Close your eyes now, sing it again Thank you, Lord. We are the... We're the culmination, the final voice. The Lord is near, living out the revelation. Truth will go. Every tongue and nation, oh, we are the chosen generation. We've been made more than conquerors, overcomers in this life. Through the blood of Jesus Christ Once again now Oh, we've been made more than conquerors Overcomers in this Sing it again now. Yes, we've been made, made more than conquerors, overcomers in this life. 
reign, reign victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. We're going to pray for Sister Sharon this morning. She has the uh, ablation procedure going on this week on Thursday, and we're going to pray with her this morning and anoint her with oil. Anybody else this morning need a word of prayer? I'll be glad to pray with you for whatever need you have. It doesn't have to be physical. It doesn't have to be a physical healing touch. But our God's able to, he's able to untie knots. He's able to give peace because he's the Prince of Peace. He's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you could ask or think. I think it's the Spirit of Christ in somebody that would stand for somebody else and and ask that God would intercede. I I know Sister Shirley came last week and uh, stood in for Sister Karen, uh, going through all of what she went through last week. And that's the Spirit of Christ moving on someone's heart to stand in on behalf of somebody else. So whatever your need is, it really doesn't matter. It's never too small. It's never too great for God. And we can never overwhelm God with our needs. So as we sing this morning and continue to worship, we'll, uh, we'll have a word of prayer this morning for whatever your need is. Let's sing it again. We've been made more than Bye. 
the same. I'm glad I was in the house of the Lord this morning, and I trust that you feel the same way. Take a little portion of this with you and go live it. Go testify of it. And uh, I believe that God will honor you when you do that. Because that's what we are. We're believers. We don't always have the power to bring it to pass. We don't always have the power to say it in a way that someone else will get a revelation of it. But we can believe it. And we can live it. And we can trust God for the things that we face. Even though we may not fully understand, we can still trust God. Appreciate Brother Mike and Sister Waynette being here and the weekend. And you know, I often joke about this, but uh, Brother Branham talked about Elijah, who, who being, uh, you know, in the presence of King Ahab, he said that Elijah was Ahab's pastor. And uh, you know, I, I appreciate the the job that Brother Mike does in the in the city of Washington, our nation's capital, and. Uh, such an important place and a place where so many decisions are made. And, um, you know, what? I, I, I just had this uh, feeling that without being humorous at all, that our country would probably be in better shape if it listened to people like Brother Mike. God's placed a man like him there to do the job that he's doing. And how many people could do what Brother Mike does in Washington? I, I know that. And I appreciate his stand and appreciate uh, all, all what happens in that part of the world. And I appreciate him coming today and uh, just sharing with us. And uh, appreciate his work and his love for his people and for uh, the message of the hour. And uh, may God bless him and his wife and family and all that they all they go through. And we appreciate you. And may God bless you through this week. And we'll see you on Wednesday. And uh, remember Lucas and Haley in prayer and uh, the needs of those that are uh, not with us today. And there's several needs, but. Uh, our God is able, that's for sure. <clears throat> Help me sing what you're playing.
Father, we thank you for this time in your presence today. We thank you, Lord, for what it means to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we can say there is none like you in the earth. There's nobody, Lord, who knows and understands like you. And Lord, you can know the story, multiple generations, Lord, and how you can prepare the heart and the body even of one person. Because there's another one coming, and there's something else to be fulfilled. And Lord, you have it all under your control. Through it all, we have great confidence in you. Through it all, we know we have a Father who knows our name and he cares for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, I commit the people to you, Lord. These needs that we have prayed for today, the ones, Lord, that remain unspoken. We ask in the name of Jesus that you would draw near to each one of these people, Lord. Grant them the comfort of your presence. Lord, grant them the miraculous touch that only the Holy Spirit can give. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we're able to pray together for people and to be able to pray, Lord, for Lucas and Haley as they travel now. We commit them to you. We believe we're going to make it not because of our own strength, not because of our own ability, but we believe, Lord, we'll make it because you have ordained it to be so. And so now, Lord, we pray with confidence, commit the people to you, Lord. Pray that you would be mindful 
of all that we face and the burdens we carry. And we'll give you thanks and praise. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Mike. We're coming back to the heart of worship. And uh, with this, we'll we'll close and uh, let you uh, go this morning. Shake hands with one another and thank you for being here. May God bless you. It's been a good time in his presence today. Amen. You come back, all right? When the music fades, all is stripped away. Simply come, longing just to bring something that's a place that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself. Is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the How much you deserve